Apparently, if you suntan your balls, your yes. testosterone level increased by 200%. 200%. Yeah, I did and that today. And you posted a photo of you. Just <laughs> sunning my balls. Yeah, I did that today. Is that actually legit? Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Defiant Talk. It's your host, Ian Sid, and my co-founder and co-host, Jamie. How are you, mate? Not too bad, mate. We've got uh, Ben Abstucker in today. How are you doing? I'm doing delicious. Thank you very much <laughs> for having me. It's a uh, happy Wednesday. <laughs> happy Wednesday, yeah, mate. Let's go. So this guy is the epitome of positivity. I mean, I have the pleasure of seeing him, you know, once every couple of days, if not every day at the gym in Bondi. Mate, happy Wednesday to you. Thank you very much. Happy Wednesday, Sid. Good stuff. Good <laughs> really stuff. looking forward to the chat. Very grateful to be here. Yeah, awesome. So just to introduce uh, yourself to the to the audience. So you're basically fitness guru, bodybuilding champion. Um, you've won titles such as Mr. Physique Australia and Australian fitness model champion. Yeah, um, that's correct. Yeah. And you're also a master personal trainer, motivational speaker and inspiring entre- entrepreneur. Yes, that's S- correct. So nailed talk, it. Nailed it? Perfect. Yeah. What an intro. We're yeah, done here. Yeah, Let's wrap it. <laughs> we call it. It's time. Yeah, it's done. that's it. Done. done. So, man, um, Ben, tell us about your early life uh, a little bit, where you grew up, kind yeah. of what your upbringing looked like. I'm originally from the country, so a uh, small country town outside New South Wales called Narromine. So it's about five hours west of Sydney. Population of 3,500 people. Grew up on a small hobby farm with the endeavor to be a crossy demon, so freestyle motocross guru, or the next Steve Irwin. And uh, I did both of those. <laughs> so I would terrify my parents by going out and catching brown snakes, black snakes, goennas, all types of lizards. And I would ride like an absolute maniac on my motocross bike, spent a lot of time in hospital on and off the bike too. <laughs> so I grew up in that like rough, tough, very fun uh, country boy environment. And uh, yeah, absolutely had the best time. So after that, uh, you were actually a sales executive um, in your in your past life. So how yeah. did you go from how did you go from this sort of country life into the sales executive life, and then now into into this? Like, it's a really talk good question. To us about so that transition. I got sent away to a private school, St Joey's, yeah. um, at the age of sixteen. So my parents could pretty quickly identify because I was a school captain in primary school. Uh, high school got off to a bit of a rocky start. You know, mm-hmm. I was uh, having a lot of fun, getting in a little bit of trouble. They could mm-hmm. quickly identify. Were you that... boarding at the time? Yeah, yeah. I got got sent in straight into this uh, rough and tough rugby school. I'm someone that uh, didn't hit puberty till I was about 21. So I was one of the smallest dudes uh, in the year, mm-hmm. which made me like an easy picking for bullying. So I was always like on the back foot. But uh, I was very grateful for that uh, that time there. And then it wasn't until I found the bill for how much my parents were paying mm-hmm. and I looked at the envelope and I was, holy fucking shit. Mm-hmm. I better really do something this opportunity and not waste it. So then simply from there, I became the hardest worker in the room with studying. Mm-hmm. Got uh, an amazing uh, UAI and that got me a full ticket to, to Sydney Uni to study business or so economic social science. From there, wow. I went into being a corporate capacity mm-hmm. um, in recruitment. And I spent nine years as a corporate executive before burning the boat and going full-time fitness. Burn the boats. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a big believer in that. There's yeah. no, no plan B. 
Mm-hmm. So I want to kind of take it back to what you said. You were very much grateful for the bullying. Yeah. What are some of the lessons that you learned there? Well, I would never do that to other people. That's that's the number one thing. I, I despise bullying, whether it's online, face-to-face. I'll be the first to step in. Um, and that just gave me a mantra moving forward to help others, not, not pull, pull them down. I think uh, if you look at any successful person, they're always lifting others up. It's only the weaker ones that are, you know, their insecurities coming out of them and they're pulling people down. Mm-hmm. So it really gave me exactly the, the idea or philosophy in life of what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just stand up to the bullies like anything in life. Once you step up to them, they go to water. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing I also learned. So when you were in your sort of sales uh, executive role, were you training at that time? Yeah, I just started okay. out because originally yeah. I was a sack dog. So I was What's a, a sack dog? That was my nickname at uh, college and university. Okay. Uh, and and well, basically… Uh, in was that in reflection of the way that you looked? Yeah. Well, it was just in reflection of the way that I carried myself. Mm-hmm. Like we had this, this thing um, in the frat houses or the colleges called the dog. Um, and, and it was this guy that would cut piss or drink a lot of beers… Uh, and then everyone would yell out, dog, 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 dog. <laughs> I had to get on the highest piece of equipment or table or bar or wherever we were, pull my pants down and go, I like dogs, you like dogs, <laughs> woof, woof, woof. And then I'd scull a beer and everyone would cheer. And right, then that, okay. yeah, <laughs> last name is Handsaker. And then that, yeah, sack dog and it rolled yeah. on from there. Right. So do you think that um, maybe the bullying was, was the bullying something that actually helped you get into the the training and want to sort of feel oh yeah 100 self-motivated and stuff like that yeah because like i if if i fast forward to the five-year reunion after been doing like five years of training Mm -hmm. i'd actually had two of the bullies come up to apologize like Mm -hmm. shit man i'm I'm sorry for what i did to you and that is and then i you know said look it's just it's the past Mm -hmm. everything happens you were young there's no harm no foul um, and then just in that moment, I quickly realized that physical presence, mm-hmm. um, you, you're going to be not really a target for bullies. Yeah. And also you can offset what bullies do. So I can step in a lot of the times and people mm. will, will back off people. Yeah. And probably aside from that too, just you looking and feeling good about yourself. Yeah, just 100%. The, the way you carry yourself when you're walking yeah. around. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for that as well. Yeah. So. It's confidence, right? Yeah. 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 Nice. So if you look good, you feel good, you do good. Mm-hmm. Knowing you on a personal level too, I remember, I recall you telling me a story about a girl as well. Do you want to tell us yeah, about that? Yeah, 100%. So, uh, go back to the sack dog. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the sack dog, um, look, had my eye on this girl in my university lecture, had a few, you know, passing conversations. I was like, look, she might actually like me for my personality. Um, <laughs> I was pretty wrong in assuming that. <laughs> And then we, uh, one night at the university bar, I worked up the courage after a couple of tequilas to go ask her out. And uh, I've gone over and she's sitting over there. My buddy's actually working at the bar, so they've turned down the music, ultimate stitch up, so everyone can hear and watch what's going on. Whole bar's watching. I walk over and I'm like, would you, 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 like to go out with me? And she stands up out of the seat like this. It's like, I'd never date a fat useless shit. Like oh. Boom. Like, yeah. like, never been, like, 
you talk about bullying or mm. like being berated. That was like the just the bang. Like I feel like you know that scene where Millhouse gets his heart ripped out and yeah. stomped on. Yeah. The Simpsons. That's what it felt like. And then I had almost like a little tear. Looked around. Everyone's like, oh. And then I walked out the door. And on that walk home, I went back to the university college. Mm-hmm. And on that walk home, I seen a, a news agency stand. And there was a men's uh, health cover. And I said, I bet you that guy never had that happen to him. Mm-hmm. And then straight away, it triggered this journey. I went into mm-hmm. the gym the next day. Didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Didn't know anything about training, nutrition, or diet. But I went in there with just this burning desire and intention to, to become better and should really like lit up like this big fire that became relentless. And then it just became a journey. And then four years later, I was in the exact same magazine cover. That's amazing, man. Yeah. What a story. So in regards to taking action, obviously, and you going to the gym that very next day or, or that following week, what did that routine look like? How did you actually step into this world and how did you progress from taking your first steps? Well, it, it looked very basic and very weak. I, I remember look, going into the gym, absolutely looking at all the big jack guys or strong rugby players. I couldn't even bench the bar, which is like 20 kgs. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up sideways. And But what I would do is I was asked questions. So, I would quickly identify, you know, the alphas of the guys look the best in the gym and I'd just ask some questions, mm-hmm. ask them to tag along their workouts, even if I pick up their weights. I was just this sponge mm-hmm. and became like my magnificent obsession. And I went in with the mindset of like, just be better than you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just be better than you were yesterday. Just be better than you were yesterday. And it was just this thing that enabled me to take out um, stress, made me feel good. Um, and then it just began that journey. But yeah, very basic routine at the start. And then mm-hmm. I'd just read bodybuilding websites and men's health magazines and still routines and yeah. So it's it's super clear, like you've got a really strong mindset and obviously routine plays heavily into yes. everything that you do. Talk to us a bit about your morning routine. Like what does that look like? Yeah. And yeah. I've had the same back? morning routine for the past eight years. Right. Um, big believer or advocate in like my adage is win the morning, you win the day. So I wake up uh, every morning at 4.30 a.m. I don't hit the snooze alarm. I don't hit the, the alarm or the snooze button. Mm-hmm. My phone's uh, outside the bedroom, so I have to get out of my bed. Um, from there, I then post uh, a quote to Instagram or social media mm-hmm. for others to say, look, here's a bit of motivation. People come to that page. I'm up at this time. You know, let's go. And then from there, I make my bed um, because I'm a big believer in stacking wins in the morning. Mm-hmm. If you have a shit day, you come home to a made bed. From there, I go, I have like two or three glasses of water, mm-hmm. have my coffee. I then roll around uh, to my speaker system. I play my favorite song, whatever it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. I was listening to The weekend this morning, yeah. The Vibe, and I dance in front of the mirror. And I just jump up and down. I laugh at myself. And I get this, just this, this... Positive psychologies, yeah. yeah, endorphins going, lymphatic systems going. From there, I do a bit of Wim Hof breathing. Mm-hmm. So I'll do three rounds of the circular motion of the breathing. I'll jump into a nice roast hot shower. At the end of the shower, I'll jam it all the way to cold and I'll have a three-minute cold shower. I get out of the shower. I then uh, play my Calm app. I meditate for 10 minutes. From there, I get out my five-minute journal. I write out what I'm grateful for. What will make today great? 
and a daily affirmation. I then write out my yearly goals and my weekly goals. I've been doing that for the past eight years. So if I win that morning routine in the morning, by the time I get up my door, I've already got the personal integrity. I'm in a great position to empower others and I've cultivated a positive mindset. So nothing's really going to... Like people can tell when they hit like in the morning when they come to them at the gym. It might be like 10 to 6. They're flat as fuck. And I'm like, mm. boss, like happy Monday. And like, oh, geez, what, what, what's this going on? <laughs> yeah. It's just that morning routine. Yeah. So like thinking of ourselves as like a power station, we've got energy, mm -hmm. like generating it. That's amazing, man. That sounds like a lot of a lot of steps, but you've obviously yeah, got it, it, it down yeah, pat. Yeah, it is a lot of steps. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It'll take 45 to 60 minutes every day. Yeah. Um, but I'm a big believer in habits of mm -hmm. what create a great life. Mm. Did you kind of lead up to that? Let's say, you know, uh, take yeah. it back to 80 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Was it just cold turkey? One day you woke up and you're like, this is the person I want to be. This is going to be my morning routine. Or uh, what was the process for you mm -hmm. to actually start getting to this mindset? It's a really good question. Um, so the, the way I got there, right, is because I, I battled mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was at rock bottom, I was depressed. Uh, I, I couldn't get out of fucking bed till like 3.30 in the afternoon. And I looked like death. And I hated Monday mornings and I hated uh, myself. And I'd look in the mirror and like, fuck, man, you're a piece of shit. Can't even get out of bed mm. at like 7 a.m. Like I'd sleep all the way to the afternoon. And I'd be from like hitting the snooze button all the time. And I'd just hit the snooze button, hit the snooze button. And you just have this like disjointed sleep. And then you're drowsy. You're drowsy, right? And then you're waking up like halfway through the day and then you're not sleeping at night. You know, began that cycle. So the first thing was, don't hit the fucking snooze button. Wake up at 7 o'clock. That's all I wanted to do. And then the next thing actually was um, be um, in a mindset where I'm grateful for what I've got that day, whether it's the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I just began with that, that gratitude. And then I would quickly identify by watching or listening to podcasts like this, like the morning routines of others, and I'd just take little bits and I just kept adding them in, pulling away, adding in, pulling away. It just, yeah, it was just built up over time like a house, brick by brick. What do you think about the snooze button? I know you've got a, a different view on that one. I mean, for me, what works for me, and I think it's very subjective, when it comes to kind of mindset, you know, I we're neighbors, essentially. Mm -hmm. I um, My first alarm goes off at five in the morning, mm -hmm. and then I've got a, a snooze at once, and then I'm up. So it kind yeah. of goes off at… 5.11 the second time and it's okay. just my way to kind of give myself a little uh, tiny reward as soon as I wake up in the morning. Mm. But I, I think it's very subjective. Yeah. I've, I've tried different what, things. What happens in the 11 minutes? What do you do? To, do you like… Go back to sleep. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and is it like you're dreaming or you're talking to yourself or what's the… I, I know that it's like… It's kind of like… It's kind of like, you know, in a race how you've got this set and then you've got the gun going off. Mm. For me, the first alarm is the set. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like it's that. crazy. Like so many different things work for for different people. But I like what you said, just listening to different people, taking a few beers, oh, yeah. trying them. That's what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's finding something that works for you. Thousand percent correct. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about mental health. You touched on it briefly. Yeah. Um, before you said that you did have some struggles with that. Mm. What's your? Are you involved in any sort of causes with mental health? What's your uh, sort of? View yeah, on it? big, big, big advocate in that in that <laughs> space. Like, um, obviously, if if you've been known as the happy or the positive guy, a lot of people reach out and like ask you 
look, I'm at rock bottom, depressed, I'm anxious, whatever. I need to be, I need some guidance or some help. So I'm always mm. there in that capacity, but more so to the point um, of being, you know, affected directly through suicide. Um, I was a first arriver at my, um, unfortunately, my sister's boyfriend's passing or, or where, where he um, took his own life. Mm -hmm. And just to, to, to be there and, and, and be one of the first arrivers and to see, um, unfortunately, like such, such a beautiful young man mm -hmm. being taken away, it, that, that, that really like drilled into me that I never want to see that happen again yeah. to anyone. And, and more the role on the pain that the family suffered and the others, the, the, the collateral damage. Mm. Um, just to see that then drove me into like any initiatives where I can like land a part. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we did the long run last year with Movember. I've been part of that yeah. a couple of years. Do a walk and talk in Bondi okay. uh, every month. It's free for everyone. We wear a yellow shirt. Um, we have a barbecue. We walk. We talk. And we're... We, you know, we, we talk about all the shit stuff, the things that yeah. people have been bottling up and they're, they're too afraid to talk to talk about with that stigma of masculinity, like, you know, the alpha is never weak. Well, no, we are weak. Mm. We go through shit. We need to take it from out here out into the open. And nine times out of 10, other people have gone through it mm. and they can, like, give you some advice rather than think, like, it's all on you. It's not. Mm. It's always, like, you'll never walk alone is, is, is yeah. the thing. So what's what's your way of dealing with with negativity? Because like obviously you're you're so positive, and yeah. even just following you following you and seeing what you post, everything yeah. is you, you can't help but be positive when you sort of come across your content. But yeah. how do you deal with with uh, negativity when it comes your way? Yeah, and, and just to add on that as well, like you know, again, knowing you and from the outside, sometimes it might seem like you're completely unshakable. Mm -hmm. And I guess my question is, do you have down days and yeah. how do, do you deal with them? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm human. Like I'll, yeah. I'll have uh, off days, um, but I try not to live there. Mm. With negativity, um, I embrace it. I, I try and turn it into a positive. I look through the silver lining. Yeah. If ever I get a, ha a hater or a doubter, you know, I just take the lesson uh, and put fuel on the fire. Yeah. When I have a, a, a down day or a slow day, I use the tools that I know that will help me get out of that slump, mm -hmm. um, which is exercise, go for a swim, go for a walk, mm -hmm. pick up the phone, call your parents, um, talk to a mate, go get a delicious coffee. Just yeah. all those little things that I know that can ground me mm -hmm. and, and pull me out of those the days. And the small things, right? Yeah, yeah. Just And being present. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, Depression's a, a cause of looking back in the past. Mm -hmm. Can't change the past, unfortunately. All you can do is, you know, learn from it. Yeah. And then anxiety is like looking into the future yeah. too much. You know, we've got no power over that. Tomorrow's not even promised for me, mm -hmm. or not, not anyone in this room. So just having mm -hmm. that introspect that what you're going through is temporary. You're either going towards a storm, you're going mm -hmm. through one, or you're just coming out of one. Yeah. And, and that's life. And that's what I accept. I think that's such good advice pretty much for anyone that's that's gone through some negativity and, you know, there's so many things that you can be negative about every single 100%. day if you let it, if you just let it sort of um, come to you. But always being able to, even failures, like stacking oh. them and, you know, using them as a staircase to, to where you want to go to rather than yeah. just letting it all pile onto you. Ah, failures are fucking, yeah. I love them. Yeah. They're the best. Yeah. That's a report card right back there where you can yeah. be better. Exactly if, right. That's it.
So just on that, what advice would you give to people who are actually struggling uh, to maintain a positive outlook on life? So I, I would go back to get a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I mean by routine is have a set time when you go to bed and when you wake up. Next thing is uh, exercise. You don't have to go to the gym. It can be walking, you know, take your dog for a walk, get moving, you know, go do some push-ups, whatever. Just get like energy and motion, right? So it takes it out of your head, forces you to be present. Next thing I'll do is I'll try and find a hobby or something that you're passionate about, you know, that you really, you can do better than anyone else. You know, I don't care whether it's baking cakes, uh, collecting hats, um, running, whatever it is, it's your thing, right? And that's the thing you can do best. So once you can find your purpose, and I mean, what I mean by purpose is what makes you happy, what gives you energy. Mm. When you can find that thing, focus on that, focus on routine, focus on exercise. Mm. And also meditation is like the most underrated thing ever. We've got, we live in an age where it's like, so we just come out constantly with content things and yeah. tasks. We never get a moment judgment to ourselves. comparison. Yeah, mm-hmm. judgment, comparison. You know, yeah. comparing everyone's highlight reels to our life. We don't see their, their down days. Mm. But yeah, just just jump. I'll, I'll rate the Calm app. Yeah. You know, just jump on there for 10 minutes, 10-minute meditation. Mm-hmm. You're present. It's delicious. She's got an amazing voice. <laughs> delicious. <laughs> delicious. I yeah. love it. Um, and, and I'm sure that you as a personal trainer and wellness coach, sometimes you might get pushback from people going, hey, I understand you've got a routine. This is your life, but I'm busy. Mm. I've got kids. Yeah. I've got, you know, I've got this life that I can't mm. get out of. What are some of the things that people mentally have to commit to actually be able to break the pattern reframe the story like Mm. people got this story that like i'm the victim life's so hard fucking shit's going against me you know i've got this i can't do this no reframe the story Mm. so many people have gone through 10 times worse than what you're going through now and come out the other side triumphant if you have a look at any of the greats we look up to they go through adversity they, they come from rock bottom. They come from struggle. They, their life is a shit-back disaster and they turn it around. Mm. They're the people that we look, look up and admire. If you've got everything going against you right now, that's a fucking gift. Mm. It's your gift to turn around. And I'd say to them like, look, if you've got all that going against you, you've got the most amazing opportunity right now because mm. you've been through the University of Hard Knocks. Mm. You've built a formidable character. Now it's time to turn it around and teach others. Mm. Every setback is an opportunity for a comeback. Oh, yeah. Right? I love the setbacks. Mm. I, I like when shit goes against me. It's good. And I think it's the narrative that you tell yourself as well. Like Sid actually sent me something the other day and I can't remember the exact stat, but it was like something like we have 90,000 thoughts Every a day, day or something like that. And 85% of them are the same thoughts that we had yesterday. And they're negative. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's the other thing if too. we, knowing that stat, if we just start telling ourselves and changing the narrative. Yeah things are going to start moving in the right direction. 100%. And then we wake up like at the same time, doing the same thing, thinking mm. the same thought. Well, if that's not working for you, wouldn't you just try and think a different thing? Yeah. It's, it's about breaking patterns. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's a quote from uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza where he yeah. says, neurons that wire together, fire together. Mm-hmm. So it's about breaking that pattern and actually mm-hmm. responding in a way that's completely outside of y- your own persona. So breaking the habit of being yourself. Yeah. No, I love that. So would you would you call yourself spiritual? Look, um, I don't I don't 
attest to any religion. I mm-hmm. believe that there's like some higher power. I believe um, everyone should have something that they're like. If you believe in a certain god or religion, I'm full for that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I love that sort of stuff. I believe in like connection and energy. Mm-hmm. I believe that the universe has these patterns and like thoughts become things. Energy attracts. Um, and, and being spiritual and, and understanding that life is, like Buddhists would say, is, is suffering. Mm-hmm. And understanding, well, if it's suffering, like how can I make it a, a better journey and a story? So spiritually, I believe in, you know, there's there's a higher power. I just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I may never know. And I, d- I don't actually know if anyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um actually started entertaining this idea that the same way that we have cells as humans, mm. cells are conscious in the way that they evolve. Yeah. Humans could perhaps be the cell of the earth, which means that then the earth is conscious and the earth could be a cell of a, of a bigger organism that could be God. And yeah. this whole thing is conscious moving forward and everyone's just living so unconsciously trying to chase the next thing mm. when all we are is just conscious being that are just living a physical life. That's very deep. And I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that that's, that's cool, man. I, I like uh, for my birthday is April second. Yeah, I'm going to a cabin in the woods by myself for mm-hmm. four nights. Catching a few brown snakes. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know about brown snakes. Yeah, but yeah, we could, could have a look at that if there's any snakes out there. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not scared. I'll take the crocodile and knee knife and hat. But um, yeah, going there to like journal and meditate and like yeah. disconnect to reconnect to sort of mm-hmm. like ask myself those deeper questions. Mm. That was a delicious topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's kind of shift the focus back to you. So tell us a little bit about the world of bodybuilding. How did you fully get into it from a level where you're now competing and, you know, winning mm. uh, awards and championships? Yeah. And how far do you actually want to take it? Yeah, it's, it's really good. So how I got into uh, fitness modeling. So I, I competed in like what equivalent would be like men's bikini or swimwear, right? So... You're on stage. It used to be three different categories. You come out first in um, swimwear or what you wear to the beach. Mm-hmm. They would judge you on markability, physique, so your portions, your balance, your symmetry, your conditioning, um, your poise, your looks, and your um, stage like posing. Presence, yeah. Then you come out in a theme wear, which Speedos is speedos or bodies. So this is my first ever <laughs> competition in 2011. I competed in the first ever fitness modeling show in Australia called the AMB Asia Pacific. I Googled it and I went up there. I coached myself, had no fucking idea what I was doing. I made every mistake you can possibly make. It was quite funny. Like everyone come out in the, the swimwear. I come out in board shorts um, with Peter Andre and the glasses, mysterious girl, and tip water down myself with the abs and <laughs> judges like, okay, he's got something about him. Like, I don't know what it is, but he's, you know, he's, he's, got, a de- yeah, he's got a decent physique. And then uh, the suit round, I did pretty well. Boxing, I come out and I was just throwing like ridiculous com- combos. <laughs> <laughs> the, the MC was loving that. I also burnt my face because I went in the Solarium the day before, which is a fucking no-no. So I made all these mistakes, right? But in this world of fitness modeling, you're putting your physique um, on stage to be judged by, say, six judges. And they're looking to take points off you and then basically rank you. And then you're ranked uh, and then you get your numbers. Mm-hmm. So I started in 2011. 
did that show, made every mistake you make, called the judges up. I still finished fourth out of 60. So it was a, it was a decent ranking. I was in the top five, got a trophy. I was pretty happy with that. Um, went away again, prepped for a whole 12 months, come back like 10 times more shredded, more knowledgeable, come third. But I got picked for the Australian team. They took me to Vegas and then come sixth in the world in that division and then come back a year later. So it's three years of being chasing this goal, gave it everything and I won the show. Um, and, and well done, man. Yeah, that was like one of the things where it took three years. Like how many people do you like without bringing into like, it's, it's a good uh, metaphor for small business, right? People think they're going to be an overnight success and it's mm. going to got this great idea. I'll just jack up a website, get all these sales, boom. No, it's like a big journey. It's like three, five, yeah, it's a process, right? Mm -hmm. Making mistakes, getting feedback, coming back, being resilient, being positive, and eventually you will get there. Iterating, testing, yeah, iterating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Failing, yeah. failing forward. Yeah. So tell us a bit about abstacker.com. So uh, you're on a mission to inspire tens of thousands of people. And yeah, I've upped that to a lives. million. A million. A million, right. yeah. Okay. I, I met my... Uh, one of my mentors or idols, I don't really like the word idol, but yeah, yeah. I, I probably would say he was, um, at a speaking gig in 2000 and uh, it would have been 14. Mm -hmm. His name's Greg Plitt. Basically, he's got a, a platform or a website where he's got a million subscribers on a membership platform. Got these crazy ass training um, videos, motivational videos and stuff. We were on the same dance card for the speaking gig and I told yeah. him I wanted to inspire 10,000 people and he said, man, that's fucking, what is, what is that? Yeah. 10,000 people? You're fucking better than that. Yeah. A million, like, let's go. And I was like, all right, it's a million. Bigger dreams, 10x yeah. everything. Yeah, 10x everything. So I had that website, sold an ebook series, uh, Fat to Fitness model, um, also had a supplement line and company. Mm -hmm. Did pretty well. I was running that side hustle whilst working full-time at salesforce.com. Okay. So I was doing 60, 70 hours a week in a suit. I'd sleep in the office. I'd work the, the side hustle, uh, unknowing like in meeting rooms, getting that business going. I'd fucking send out the protein myself. I wrote like all these books and programs and I was just like probably like a, anywhere from 80 to 90 hours a week. I was really getting after it. Um, and then got that up to a capacity where I was able to to follow my passion and, and leave Salesforce. Um, that business went pretty well till we got hacked. Um, right. <laughs> some Russian guys yeah. found out that I had a little bit of uh, crypto or Bitcoin. Ooh. Went into the platform to ransom like, hey, we understand this. Send us some Bitcoin. So, who are you? No. Yeah. And fucking boost. Like a thousand malicious files got sent through the website. Fully took down the CRM. Jeff took all the, the customer information, butchered the website, wrecked the whole system. Wow. Um, and then the business partner at the time was like, look, I don't know what to do, man. Yeah. I don't know what to say to you, but uh, yeah, it's, it's fucked. Hashtag <laughs> Bitcoin. Well, yeah. Um, but it's funny you say that. My missus actually got hacked last night Oof, and they basically savage yeah i mean not to get off topic here or anything no, no, but like <laughs> you're but on topic the way, that's about your missus yeah. <laughs> yeah. no it's just like the 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 sort of scams that they're doing now with bitcoin and stuff like yeah. that it's it's oh, insane yeah. man like, yeah 
There's literally data breaches. Everyone's yeah. um, info is available online. Oh, yeah. Just it's, ransoming it's everyone. Crazy. It's nuts. I, feel, I looked into it last night after I saw that. I'm like, I can't believe this is. But I'm building so that common. website now again. Okay. Um, with with let a us know if you need a hand, man. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, put it on the record. So Ben, so for people that kind of look up to you and look at your physique, um, how important would you say that your diet is into constructing? You know the way that you look right now. It's like eighty percent diet, twenty percent training. I, I would probably I don't know eighty, 80 twenty. So eighty yeah. diet, twenty training. So yeah. so essentially, you can never outwork a bad diet. No, you can like you can like. Aesthetically, if you want to look like phenomenal, I would say it's all it's majority diet and just understanding what works for you. So certain diets or eating plans just don't work for others. It depends a lot around your heritage, what you grew up eating, like your gut health is a plays a big part in this, right? Some people do really well on vegan, other people do really well on carnival. Mm. For me, I understand I, I like meat and I also love eating plants. So I just mix the two. Yeah got a pretty unorthodox style. I just eat two big meals a day. Okay. Um, yeah, and, so what does your yeah. diet actually look like? At yeah, the so like okay, I can run it through, through it right now. It, it, it varies each day, but like today I've just eaten two large uh, salads. Okay. And that's that's all I'll eat for the day. So it's just 500 grams of poached chicken, 500 grams of sweet potato, rocket, spinach, avocado, um, and then I had turmeric, chili, and then… Um, some chickpeas in one of them, and the other one was like lamb, similar sort of. So, do you calorie count? No, not at the moment. When I compete, it's meticulous. Yep. So I'm in off season now, yep. and what I mean by and off season, how much does that diet actually vary from when you compete and when you don't? Because when you compete, you go through cycles, right? Yeah, you go through a bulk. We're adding lean muscle, so you're in a, a calorie surplus. So when I prepped for the WBF Worlds in 2019. At the peak of my bulk, I was eating 6,000 calories. Fucking bulked up to 115 kilos. I would sit there with a big, big ladle, ladle and, and, and bowl and eat my food. And like an example of a meal would be like a whole carton of eggs, um, <laughs> half, half a packet of oats, yeah. um, five scoops of protein power and half a tub of peanut butter. And like, you know, it's about 1,600 calories. It's only takes you like 45 minutes to eat it. And then before you go into bed, you know, you're eating like a whole block of dark chocolate, three Yopros, um, of those yogurts and a shake. And you think, oh, that's that's so cool. You get to eat all that food. It's like, man. Sickening, it's yeah. It's just you're putting like an on and on and on. So is it true that when you bulk, you can actually eat anything? Like because you hear of these bodybuilders, you know, uh, kind of eating hungry jacks and whatnot. Is that the healthy and correct way of doing it? I tried that and I, I didn't really rate it. Okay. Um, I look, I'm, I'm an undercover fatty, you know, I come from being a sack dog. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I love an eating challenge. That's mm. like I, any any challenge in life I love doing. It. If it's particularly eating, I go, all right. Um, but I fell into that trap of thinking you can eat whatever you want. Uh, and that it just added a whole lot of uh, body fat. Mm. I got real fluffy around the edges and… You know, when you got eight weeks to shred it off and you're going from 115 kilos trying to get down to 88, oof, you're regretting right. all those burgers or little L's. And so on that, yeah. how how much does that diet actually change? So you go from surplus at about 6,000 calories. Oh, it's a big deficit. Yeah. Yeah, and that just became meticulous. And what like, does that deficit look like for you? Is it, what, it 1,500 calories and what do you actually eat? It was aggressive, right? Because I had to get… 
under this weight. So it was a deficit around a thousand cows and then I had to do a thousand calories of cardio a day. So it's like sitting on the Stairmaster for 65 minutes mm. or the assault bike <laughs> or whatever you want to do. Um, and then you're just eating, you know, um, chicken, broccoli, sweet potato mm. or fish, asparagus, rice. And it's just you, you, you detach the emotion from eating. You're eating for um, aesthetics, function mm. and purpose and a goal. So you just have a really good spice and sauce game. <laughs> do, do you find your moods kind of changing through the? I, I look. I I I see these bodybuilders or other competitors like like not handling the preps that well and being like hangry and moody and stuff. Like you fucking chose to do this. Mm. Stop <laughs> like not, I don't, stop like, bitching. Hey? Yeah, stop telling me that you have to eat fish and rice and um, asparagus. Be grateful you got fucking a meal on your in your table. Like I don't understand the whole complaining around like doing yeah. the prep or shredding so hard. Mm. Just like become emotionless, turn yourself into a machine. You only have to do it for six weeks and you get the result on stage. Awesome, man. So Ben, you mentioned that you love any challenge, right? What are some of the biggest challenges that you've accomplished, mm. I guess, in the last 12 months? Really good. So I've done like uh, two ultras, five marathons, like running marathons. Um, I've done, done the David Goggins challenge. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the most brutal ones was that long run where we set out on the hottest day last year yeah. to run from Bondi Beach to Palm Beach and back, which was a triple marathon. Um, you know, 120. Yeah, yeah, 126, right? Yeah, 0.6, yeah. And like, I, I, I kid you not, I'm, I'm from the bush. I understand heat really well. Mm -hmm. Being out there like running on the side of the road when it's like 43 on the road, it's probably going to be about 45. Yeah. Like your iPhone's dying because it's saying dangerous overheating temperature and people looking at you going, fucking guy's running, man. And I'm you're just like, let's go. Yeah, and I, I, I'd flick like… <laughs> delicious. Yeah, yeah, delicious. <laughs> I'd lost all my toenails and <laughs> suffered like pretty much heat stroke. I was delirious. Um, did a, a marathon on a ski erg. That was pretty spicy. Took like about three hours. And we swam 10 kilometers together. Yeah. I uh, was sick. Which, which, yeah, that was fucking awesome. I really liked that one. It was different. How long did that take? 10 k's swimming. It, it was about… Actually, there was, there's a bit of a backstory there too because mm. I saw uh, Ben put up a post on, <laughs> on Instagram and he was like… I think it was one of the things that he wanted to do like for the year or something. Yeah. And I hit him up and I'm like, man, when you want to do this 10k swim, like I'd love to do it uh, yeah. with you because obviously I come from a swimming background. And he goes, yeah, let's do it Sunday. And this was like the Thursday. Yeah, that's exactly like, how it did. Yeah. And I didn't even respond to that message. I just left it on red. <laughs> and then um, Ben and I do a, a weekly run that's called the 440, mm, yeah. uh, which starts at five o'clock in the morning uh, on a Saturday, every Saturday morning in Bronte Beach. And I remember kind of rocking up and after the run, Ben was telling everyone how he was going to do this 10K stream the next day. Yeah. And in my head, I was burning. I was like, fuck, I can't bitch it. Like, yeah. he's actually <laughs> going to do it. Yeah. So I went home and I just texted him. I'm like, okay, I'm in. And then the next day we did it. It was supposed to be a uh, an ocean stream, yeah, right? Yeah, but it was gnarly out there. Like full, big ass conditions, quite dangerous. Like yeah. no one was out the back swimming. Yeah. Probably glad that we didn't, <laughs> that we made a, a an executive decision not to do it out there because, you know, we both, I would have ended up on Bondi Rescue in my, in, in my uh, leopard skin budgies saying, let's go, <laughs> coughing, up, coughing up water. Because <laughs> that's, that's how I'd go out, like yeah. swinging with my pink cap and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> even like people at Icebergs were watching us swim this marathon, they're like, mm. 
fucking how many laps are these guys doing? Yeah. Like, and they were just so. And Benny's like, 160 to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was 200 laps, right? And people oh, wow. like, yeah. Not even That's the accomplishments were, were get, getting their head around. It's quite funny. <laughs> That's a good moment. Yeah. So, um, you're known as the abs doctor. Yes. Um, my wife's going to love that I'm asking this question, but yeah. what tips can you give people for achieving their dream six-pack? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. I like yeah. that one. So you would go into a calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. So getting the body fat percentage um, to get your abs out as a male is probably going to be around 12 to 14%, depending mm -hmm. on your, your, your structure. For a female, it's like more like 16 to 18%. But how you'd achieve that is… Um, just simply eating less calories than you burn. Mm, okay. Yeah. So yeah. running into a deficit. Um, I would do that through whole foods. So mm -hmm. clean whole foods. I'd follow then a training program. So I'd do say three weight sessions a week, two cardio, whether they're yeah. running, walking or swimming. Mm -hmm. Would the workouts have to be core based? Yeah. So that's exactly where I, what I would do there is I'd do say like a chest, back, abs, and then I'd do a legs, and then I'd do a shoulders, arms, abs. Mm, okay. And then you follow that over a six-week trajectory, um, and then you get that dream body. Us, us, let's go. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you might get I'll a program out of this. Go back and write down the program. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um, that was good stuff. Yeah, I think we're ready to for a section of our podcast, which we call Rocket Fire Questions. Yeah, so awesome. It's yeah. essentially, Jamie and I always say that it's 10 questions, but it's actually nine. We'll ask a nine. question each. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'd love to hear your answers, Ben. Awesome. So the first question is, if you could turn back time and change one thing in your journey, what would it be and why? These are really good questions. Um, I would I would learn to love myself more. So like not beat myself over past mistakes and failures and just understand that that's part of the journey. I used to crucify myself for failures or, you know, mistakes that I'd made and just understand that like that's part of the journey. Uh, and I would have started reading earlier too. Mm. Yeah, reading more books. So how do you actually get over that judgment now? Is it just through the tools that you've… I just, yeah, I write, I just, what's the lesson? So when, when I make a mistake, I just write down what's the lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't judge myself. We're human, like we're all imperfect. So no one's perfect. I've never met anyone that's perfect. Mm -hmm. So you've actually already sort of answered this one, but we'll just ask again. Mm. Um, what's the first thing you do when you wake up every morning? Say, today's going to be a fucking great day. <laughs> that's the first thing yeah. I do. And then followed by, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Every single day you say Yeah, that. I like yeah. to get up. I, I, yeah, I say, today's going to be a fucking great day. That's, that's the first mad. thing. I like I, yeah. Um, I actually want to open like a little, um, little section here, which I was going to ask you off camera, but I saw something that you posted today on your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're going to ask you. The sunning of the balls. Is that it? Where apparently if you suntan your balls, your yes. testosterone level increased by 200%. 200 percent. Yeah, I did that today. And you posted a photo of <laughs> you. <laughs> sunning my balls. Yeah, I did that today. Is that actually legit? Yeah, I read the article. So a guy that was on their podcast, like um, Sam Bailey is a legend. So these two guys got their own podcast, interviewed me, um, you know, a few months ago, and they're they're all about biohacking. And he's I give him like Happy Thursday, and he's just like, yeah, make sure you sun your balls. I was like, what? <laughs> and I wrote back, and he's like, told me increases testosterone by two hundred percent. 
So I took the opportunity today. The sun was like directly into my apartment. <laughs> and I was just sunning my balls with my That's legs mad. up. And, you know, like if the neighbors could see over, they would like, let's go. Let's go. But uh, yeah. Is that getting added to the morning routine? Or what? <laughs> I don't know. Like I feel pretty good. Like the test is pumping. I had a really good workout. So there might be something on this, right? So we should, yeah, we should maybe write that to the routine. But the sun's not <laughs> up when I get up. should that during lunch breaks. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> not in public. <laughs> Hashtag sun your balls. That's it. Um, question number three. Um, so who are your three dream dinner guests, dead or alive, and why? Arnold Schwarzenegger, Elon Musk, Greg Plitt, and why? Uh, Schwarzenegger was absolutely instrumental in shaping my mindset. Um, I love the the way that that guy came from nothing and absolutely dominated every single thing that he did in, with such a relentless work ethic. Elon Musk is just the man. I just am absolutely astounded by the, the guy's um, work ethic, attitude and the big questions that he's trying to solve are just like game changers. So just even like being around that guy and asking him a few questions, I think he could get a huge ROI. Mm -hmm. Greg Plitz passed away. So that's like one of my mentors from back in the day. So I'd love to go back and just send a few beers with that guy over dinner. Yeah. I'm actually very surprised that you didn't say David Goggins. Well, yeah. Goggins is up there, but I just don't know like how… You don't want to have dinner with him. <laughs> yeah, I just don't… I don't even know if you'll eat. Like, I, I don't just a guy eat. I've never seen him eat anything. Like, and he's always like, my fridge is fucking empty. Like, like he, he's the man. Like, he's the man. But I'd, if you had him at a dinner party, you might start calling people out. Like, you call the Schwarzenegger a pussy and… You know, that's yeah. it. And then Elon Musk, like, who, who are you? And, you know, next thing you're all out running. <laughs> but, yeah, Goggins, yeah, that's just a good pickup there. Goggins mm. should have been on that list. But mm. just don't know how he'd go to a dinner party. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, for a run or something. Yeah, I don't think it'd be a dinner party. <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure the answer to this is suntanning your balls. But um, <laughs> what's the last new thing you've tried? What's that? What's the last new thing you've tried? Yeah, we're suntanning balls. balls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I'm really good too. Uh, beautiful. Yeah, nice. uh, so if you could only suggest one book, what would it be? Atomic Habits, James Clear. Nice. Yeah. Um, you want just, to tell us a little bit about the book? Yeah, so just, just basically he, he gives a beautiful um, synopsis and journey of how Habits basically shape who we are in our lives mm. and that will basically determine your destiny. And he just has all these great stories and examples of small incremental habit changes that will have a compound interest effect on your life. So they're easy things that anyone can adopt and they're free to mm. do. And those habits can alter the trajectory of your life forever. Mm -hmm. And if people can just understand that habits shape like who you are, the character you are and your destiny mm -hmm. and the impact you have on the world, then you're like, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow to ensure that I'll have a great life? Or the question is, will this habit get me closer towards my goals? Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's, that's nice. why I wrote that book. What's the best advice you've ever received? 
The best advice probably I've ever received would be be better than you were yesterday. Mm -hmm. So only compare yourself to yourself. It's you versus you. It's your journey to own. Um, Yeah, that's that's the best advice we've had. We 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 like like we all fall into this trap, right? Of like, the one thing I'd say to my younger self is don't compare yourself to anyone on social media, mm-hmm. and like I'm guilty of it. Like sometimes because I compete on stage against these guys with yeah. like godly physiques, I'm like, fuck, these guys are just a genetic absolute machine or freak. Could never be that guy. Or fucking what I'm doing with myself now, I'm starting like pinching myself. And, <laughs> But yeah, so yeah. just don't compare yourself to someone's highlight reel on social media. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Uh, question number seven. When you reach the pearly gates of heaven, what do you want God, being him, her, or they, to say to you when they greet you? Fuck, you're one badass dude. You like really had a crack at this life. You you used up that body, you used up your potential, you made an impact, you left a legacy, and the world's going to be a better place because you were here went hard as fuck in life every day and he, and he did good things. That's epic. I think that's the best answer. Of that and it was question. so like just, heartfelt. Yeah. It was so free. Yeah. Just like, off the head, off the dome, man. Like, <laughs> off uh, the head. <laughs> off the head, yeah. Off the dome. Um, what motivates you daily to be the best version of yourself? I think there's a lot of people right now that you, that are going through shit and if I can be a leader… And I've got a lot of people now that, that look up to me or follow my journey. I need, I want to, to inspire them to be the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not on top of my game or getting out of bed and firing in all cylinders, I feel like I'm letting down mm-hmm. them and I'm not coming like the best version of myself. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's that. Yeah, we feel the same way. Like even with our team, you know, there's a room full of 20 people mm. that are all sort of looking up to you. And if you're, if you, yeah. come, if you rock up with shit energy and, Oh, yeah. Um, a bad, yeah, just bad aura, then that's just going to flow through. 100%. Yeah, shit rolls down yeah. hill or you, or you piss in the wind and comes back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice. And uh, the last question, what does the word defiant mean to you? It means disrupting in an empowering way to define who you are by making others better. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right, mate. Absolute pleasure to have you. Again, I get to see you every day. So this was uh, just a small addition. You're super inspiring. The the amount of people that I've seen grow just, you know, from from the way that uh, you're actually able to help them through their journey has been insane, man. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm glad that I can call you, mate. I thank you very much for the the beautiful and kind words. Extremely humbled and very grateful to be here. And uh, that was a very delicious chat. I, I, <laughs> I love the energy, I love the vibe, I love the questions. And I'd just like to congratulate you both on a stellar podcast and a stellar interview and more so creating uh, a company that you can be proud of. And congrats, boys. I'm really proud of you and, and girls. Uh, well done. And, you know, teamwork makes the dream work and you've got an amazing team. I'm proud of you guys are going to crush it. Appreciate it. Let's go. Thank Thank you you so much, man. Thank you. Really appreciate it, Benny.